Have you ever been told at some point in your life that you are not good enough, smart enough, strong enough, rich enough, or any reason really? This podcast is meant to teach, motivate, and inspire you to never lose sight of what your true passion is and to always believe that you are far more capable than you think. Welcome to the Why Not Me podcast with your host, David Lawrence. Each week, we'll bring to you a guest with that similar background that they've been told at some point that they couldn't succeed or was smart enough or rich enough or where they came from. We hope that this podcast will inspire you and lead you and motivate you to discover your purpose, passion, and drive. Sit back and relax as our guest brings you a very special story each and every week. So one thing I've learned over the years is uh, people uh, have, have a tendency to want to grow their business, right? And, and growth is something that everyone achieves. They will get, they will use marketing, they will, you know, do email, they will do web, they will do video, they will do uh, media, they will do whatever type of marketing to grow their business. But one thing that people don't always focus a lot of attention is the infrastructure of the business, right? Making sure you have the right staff, right? Making sure you have the right redundancy built in so that if one person leaves your organization, you can still function. Also, learning how to scale that business down. Mm-hmm. Sounds crazy, right? Everyone wants to scale right. up. Right. But learning how to scale that business down when things are hard. And all that, all those things combined kind of creates a problem for a lot of businesses because most business die because they get too big. Welcome back to the Why Not Me podcast with your host, David Bahorns. Today, we have a special guest and a great friend of mine, Daniel Newman. Fan is a CEO and senior solution engineer for ProTech Systems with over 20 years of professional experience in the management of information technology, network architecture engineering, managed services, voice over IP, and many more. Fan has designed, implemented, and managed large networks infrastructure that supported over 360,000 employees. Fan has worked for Bank of America, Hewlett Packard, Cisco, and Fan utilizes his knowledge as a data scientist to help design, model, network infrastructure for these major organizations for over 22 years. Fan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. That's, that's a mouthful. That's a big mouthful for me right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always try to send people this trimmed down version of that because when you start reading all the other parts, it just makes it a little too much technology. Yes. Well, you have a wealth of, uh, of knowledge and experience having over 21 years in the business um, so far. So our listeners are in for a treat and uh, we have lots of fun questions to ask you today. So are you ready to go? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So uh, first question is, uh, is the obvious. Uh, well, welcome to our show and, and thanks for being with us and spending some time with us today. What is Mr. Fan Newman up to these days? Mr. Fantastic, as, you, as we call you. <laughs> wow. Let's see. I feel like I'm I'm an Uber driver these days, right? <laughs> I got to pick up kids, drop off kids and, uh, you know, run around and honeydews every once in a while. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying life. That's what it is, because I, I worked hard to get to this place where, you know, I have a business and right. IT company that I've been running for 21 years. And the company is, you know, is a place where it can kind of run itself a little bit, but I still have to be, in, you know, be available. But my staff have given me the option to be able to really come in and go as I please. So with that, I'm using it to spend a lot of time with family and making sure that I'm present. You know, nice. You know. And what, and tell us a little bit about uh, your business. What? Well, first off, what's the name of it? And tell us a little bit about like your journey to get to kind of get that going. Wow. So the name of the company is Protect Systems. 
know, it started off as a NBS technology is the you know uh, legal name. And over time, I created it, you know, converted into a DBA, which is Protect Systems. I mean, you know, we protect you know, businesses as an IT infrastructure uh, management uh, company. What we, what we, what I realized over the years, I'm a geek. Yeah, most people don't even when they look at me, they have no idea that I'm a geek. But I am. I'm six foot four, two hundred and eighty pounds. But at the same time, you know, I'm a nerd. But I'm so proud of the fact that right. I'm a nerd and I'm a geek, and I don't mind people calling me that because. Oftentimes, there's negative connotation to it, but I love technology. So by working with a lot of different organizations, Bank of America, Cisco, all the major brands, I realized that small to medium-sized business didn't have the same type of knowledge base or to be able to utilize that. So I wanted to bring it down, shrink it to a format where you can help a small business, a mom and pop with two employees build and still have the same security to a medium company with over, you know, three, 400 employees build, mm -hmm. manage the same type of network and not have it cost them arm and a leg and a foot just to be able to create the same infrastructure. So uh, started it, created a lot of things, created a process to help those business grow. And for me, I enjoy it. I really do it for fun, to be honest with you. So right. I'm having to get paid for it. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's, it's a great company. And I know you've worked very hard knowing you back from our YMCA days on the roughing the soccer field and oh, yeah. where you started out. So, I mean, it's a long, it's, it's, it, for you, it's been a long process and a yep. successful one though. And you put the hard work in and I've kind of seen you grow in business and, you know, and with your, and with your family and our friendship. So, you know, we've had a long history together and, um, yes. and, and I'm just happy to see you succeed mm -hmm. and, and doing very well. We're going to have a lot. Our, 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 again, our listeners are going for a, a huge treat because I'm ready to fire some heavy hitter questions at you right now. Um, <laughs> okay, we'll start, we'll start with this first of all. All right, let's start y, there. Y, YMCA was great, right? You know, that's like, I feel like it's like the beginning point of us, you know, getting together and sort of, you know, growing, not just as an individual, but also also business, but also personal. And, and at the same time, you know, uh, getting to know who we are as a person. That was, that was fun. I enjoy, I still remember that. Right. Yeah, those are those are fun, fun days, long days and yes. long um, Saturdays pre pre kids. Right. Pre family, yes, pre, pre kids. <laughs> pre -kids <Absolutely>. But <laughs> so anyone who's in that role right now, fan and I uh, can live, uh, relive your pain. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but it would know it was a lot of fun days. So, man, tell us about like, you know, you're, you jump into a little bit about your business, but tell the listeners if you have a, just dive into your and let's go personal right now. Um, like who Faneuil Newman is, tell us about your personal story, your journey, like, and kind of what led you to where you, you know, to where you're at and, you know, to the YMCA days till, till now, you know, talk us through that a little bit. All right. So, you know, most people probably can notice a little bit of an accent, right? So I am Nigerian, born and raised. So I moved here at the age of 14. But when I moved, my father moved, I have two older brothers, moved all of us to the United States. So imagine moving from uh, Nigeria and then you move to a place called Kings Mountain, right? I'm sure you know where Kings Mountain is. Most of them know Kings Mountain by Crowder's Mountain. Now they know Kings Mountain by the casino that's being built, right. right? So moving there like in 1991, you learn a lot about life and you learn how to navigate. You know, you also learn how to deal with some, you know, um, some things that could be a little bit different in the way people treat you, right? So, you know, right. here I am, you know, you want, you know, I'm used to seeing uh, the land of milk and honey in the United States where everything is just great and wonderful. People driving all whatever car, street lights everywhere. But now I was moved to a, 
to a, a place called Kings Mountain, where you know it's rural, not to right. say the least, right? So and having to figure all that out and also adapt to the different type of sometimes treatment that you would get, you know, just based on you being different. You know, that's what really elevated me to start understanding human behavior and how things work and how to be able to interact with different type of people based on the demographic of where they come from. And sometimes realize, you know, some people may come at you a little bit differently. Mm. How you navigate it and deal with it at that point is like jujitsu. If someone is coming at you, you have to learn how to turn it and use that to an advantage rather than a disadvantage. That really helped me out a lot growing up. What about your uh, your mom and dad? What when you came over here? What were they doing in Nigeria, and, and oh. what did they transition transition to here? Yeah, they were all here. They were, you know, my father came here first. Okay, so, you know, she came here wow a long time ago. So we were living in Nigeria. I lived, I grew up with my grandmother. So that's that's you know uh, my grandmother raised me. Right. And that's why sometimes people say I'm a, I have an old soul because right. I was always around older people. So right. I learned responsibility early. Learned how to cook. Learned how to sew learn how to negotiate deals at a very young age. So I learned business through my grandmother because she ran um, she ran an organization. I mean, I would say an, an organization. She ran a business uh, with a second grade education. She was a lawyer, the doctor, the seamstress, the loan officer, the accountant for, the, for everybody. So they were comfortable. Uh-huh. And that's where I learned it. So my right. parents was here. Okay. And when my father raised up enough money and she was, he was able to come back and bring you know, um, all three of us, you know, gotcha. Nigeria. Yeah. And I have to imagine it was a little bit, uh, you know, coming over was a, a little bit of adjustment for, for your entire family, let alone <laughs> just you and, and oh, the yeah. obstacles and, and just a different like culture shock, right. If just yes. completely different of the mm-hmm. environment that you're used to and, and having to adjust. So Clearly, your grandmother and, and and your family obviously did a great job because look, look who you are today as a result of, of that influence and that experience. And so, which I'm gonna I'm gonna be jumping all around like I said earlier. So I'm gonna okay. jump back. I'm gonna jump back over to the business really quick. And mm-hmm. I want to ask you, what would you say are some key areas of concern that you see on a consistent basis with some some of your current clients or even your past of your past clients? Uh, okay, so one thing I've learned over the years is uh, people uh, have, have a tendency to want to grow their business, right? And in, and growth is something that everyone achieves. They will get, they will use marketing. They will, you know, do email. They will do web. They will do video. They will do uh, media. They will do whatever type of marketing to grow their business. But one thing that people don't always focus a lot of attention is the infrastructure of the business, right? Making sure you have the right staff, right? making sure you have the right redundancy built in so that if one person leaves your organization, you can still function. Also learning how to scale that business down. Mm-hmm. Sounds crazy, right? Everyone wanna scale right. up. Right. But learning how to scale that business down when things are hard. And all that, all those things combined kind of creates a problem for a lot of businesses because most business die because they get too big. Right. And they don't know how to deal with that. So learning how to go back and say, okay, now I need to scale back. And I have this person covering for this, this happening here, automate a lot of stuff so that you don't have to physically be spend a lot of time because time is one of the bigger thing in business. The more time you put in something, the more it takes away from something else. So if you can automate things and make it easier so you can so you can see it and monitor it, not actually be the person doing the work. I think that's one of the bigger issues that I see with business. Right. And what 
what would you advise or how do you, how do you or your company, how do you help those clients maneuver or deal with those type of issues and problems? What, what are some strategies if people are listening now, yeah. what, are, <laughs> what are some strategies or quick tips that you can give them? All right. So one, one thing I say, you let technology be your best friend, right? You know, uh, I realize one thing is younger people who own a business are quick to adapt to technology, right? Older people who have had the business for a while are slow to adapt to technology. So something as uh, I was speaking somewhere because I spoke with a, a group called um, um, is, a, is a group of women that graduates from business school and then they have to go through and figure out what type of technology they need in order to run their business. So they will invite me over to speak. And what I tell them is first figure out if you have a database system that you can be able to control everything right inside. It's called ERP system, CRM system, whatever it is, you need to have a very refined database system. So you can control and see, um, have metrics of everything. Metrics is important, that's one, right? Two is, you know, as a business owner, you have to really think outside of the box. How can I use technology, for example, email system, right? Is my email connected to my contact? Is my contact connected to my phone system? Is my phone system virtual enough so that if my business blows up, I can still work? An example right. is when I when we get a new company, we give them voice over IP, we give them Office 365, we give them cloud-hosted services like OneDrive and all these features so that the person can actually go and be at, let's say, Myrtle Beach, Hilton Head, and work and still have access to be able to see things. You know, right. look at every business. I tell companies, I'm not, and I'm, we're not an IT company. We're a business process company that happen to be great at IT. So, example, you have a gym, right? Right. You, you want to have a resource that all your trainers can be able to look at the at their schedule while they're driving the kids to school, right? And they could, if someone you know puts in a request, they should be able to get notified that someone put in a request, right? They should be able right. to have the calendar blocked out. All these things are automation, right? If you had an assistant doing it, what would happen? An assistant will automatically, you know, uh, that's additional headcount that you have to deal with. So a way to cut costs, but automate things and keep mm-hmm. it flowing so you don't have to spend too much time, you know, at work. Right. And, and yeah, you hit the nail on the head with our industry. If the schedules aren't in sync with like the trainer's daily calendars, or if they don't have access to it, or if we have a power outage or something where the the facility just, you know, happened a few weeks ago where we had a power surge and literally everything got knocked out. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have those remote capabilities in place, then how do we do our job? Obviously we can't be here for the members to kind of come into the facilities, but, or in anyone's case with their business, how do you deliver to your customers what they're expecting? And for us, that would be virtual access to workouts and a trainer and so on and nutrition support. Exactly. For the everyday business owner, it's a little, it looks a little differently, right? So what you're saying is have that automation, have that system in place so that in case of you're prepared. Is that right? That's true. And I give you an example, give an example when, you know, the COVID hit, right? We had one of our clients that we shut them down. I think it was maybe about four years ago. We shut them down. They had a 6,000 square foot building, uh, shut everybody down, moved them to, to the house, moved all their server to the cloud, created, gave them Office 365, voice over IP, their phone, their phone, their device had every phone that rings actually rings on their device as well in a separate phone line. So all these things they had. So they were working from home. And when COVID hit, that was like, he called me and said, fan, 
you know, I know I'll, I'll fought you on this because he was older too, but I'm glad you told me to do this because now all my staff are still working and going. And all of our clients that we currently had, we had already set up all of these things. All they called us for was, hey, can you reset my password to that remote desktop thing or that thing that you did for me, for us? Mm-hmm. And they were still able to work and function because they were thinking proactively. Right. And, and and that really is for technology. A lot of a lot of times people don't think that far ahead, you know, let alone like when they're preparing for their business or setting up their setting up shop, if you so, if so to speak. So yeah, initially. So when someone is looking to start, whether any type of business and what's the, if you're coming in to say my company and we meet for the first time. What's one of the biggest things or the first thing that you sit down and and what's the obvious question that you get from a newbie, if you will, like, hey, hey, how can you help my company? Like, what do you know, what's the biggest glaring thing for them to to throw at you at that at that moment? The first thing is, you know, it depends on who it is. I don't know what I need. What do you think I need? So I ask him this question, you know, um, where do you see yourself in five years? They, they look at me like, um, I haven't thought that far. And so I try to explain it to them. The reason why I'm telling you, I'm asking you this question is because I want to build you a network, build you something that you can scale, reduce your cost. So you're not spending money on building something big or something like this. And then next thing you know, you have to scrap it and start over. Scrap right. it and start over. So you're spending a lot of money. So, and then that's when I say, okay, now what do you do? Right? I'll give you, an, let's say if it's a, if it's a uh, a realtor, right? Starting a mortgage company, or maybe a realtor, you know, a, a real estate company. Right. I know enough about real estate company that I know that a real a realtor needs to be able to have access to documents, right? They need to mm-hmm. be able to pull information. They need to make sure that the things are secured. They need to make sure when they send an email out, that email is coming from at company.com, not at gmail.com, right? So we start with that process because that's that's what we call a foundation. And then we start building on top of that. The foundation is the email system. On top of that is more of the software that you need to be able to access your file and navigate things. If you're using a laptop or a desktop, which one do you are you gonna do? Are you sitting most of the time? I always say, okay, why don't you have a laptop with a uh, with a docking station so you can bring it and dock it in? Now I've just eliminated eliminated them having to have two computers, just have one. Now right. the computer needs to be backed up. So in case God forbid something shuts down, you can always buy another one and pop it in, click a button, everything downloads. Security, you're a realtor. There's a lot of money being moved around, right? right. You have to have a security built into your email system, your file system, so that it's encrypted when you send documents for people to sign online, right? And then, you, and then we start scaling it up as you start adding multiple people. We need right. to get a structure where everybody can still collaborate with each other. Microsoft Teams, anything like that, you can collaborate and talk. Right. And then if you throw in things like voice over IP system, and then you now that person has his own company, so more you know a real estate company, but it's hiring people. What you yeah. don't want to do is you want information secure. You don't want people using their text, you know, their regular cell phone to do texting. So right. you set up with a voice over IP system that actually allows you to do texting inside that system right from your phone. So now information is being shared within the office structure. So if that person leaves, you can just switch it over and you still retain all your information. So we talk about security, then we yeah. scale from that. So with the, you know, you, you hit on a good point with the cell phone, because that's something that 
for our, for our business, we, with our staff, we always mm-hmm. preach to use our technology that we are, that we have in place and not to use personal devices and that type of scenario. What, what would you say? Why? What's the, if they ask me why, what would you say to them? Like that individual? Uh, no, the way I tell is, you know, is that you want to make sure that everything is compliance with company policy. It is company policy to utilize this. So if anything happens, you want to make sure that you are covered. Right. right. You want to have a, a check and balances, a audit process. Right? right. You know, audit process is the number one thing, even in what we do in technology. You know, if someone goes and makes changes to a server, to a network, we have audit process put in. We have a recording of that session as happening. So right. let's say the client comes back to me and said, you know, hey, one of your staff logged in and they shut something down. You know, why did they do that? I can go right. back to the audit process and say, hey, let me check. Oh, no, here's the video of what the person did. Right. Yeah, that's such an important tip, right? And if anyone is getting anything out of this conversation is to follow the systems that you have in place to protect your company policy that really, at the end of the day, is benefiting everyone who's under that umbrella of the company, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great tip. Uh, Fran, I'm going to jump back over to the personal side. All right. Because I'm curious, like, I, I know who, who you are and where, you know, what you're all about, but your personal journey that you've kind of gone through, you know, and your experience, walk us back a little bit from, you know, like 10-year-old fan to till 22-year-old fan a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I always say, like, I feel like I've lived a 70-year-old man's life, right? Lifespan. <laughs> so, and, and that's really serious because at 10 years old, you know, I was, uh, my grandmother was running a business, right? So, uh, that was the time when she was she was getting a little older. So I was the last born. I was like the last uh, last person she ever raised. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, my father is the firstborn, uh, you know, of the of my of my grandmother. So I was the last person, the last born of the first of her first son. So I was a little special. So mm-hmm. so I stuck to her like white like white on rice. That's some people know what that is, right? <laughs> right, stuck right. To her real tight. And, and then over the years, I uh, I learned so much by just being around her because she was also, you know, royalty with, and being able to be around a lot of different uh, royal uh, mm-hmm. entities. I learned, uh, you know, things like, you know, etiquette, right? Learned a right. lot of etiquette. So I learned how to communicate and conversate. But one thing she taught me very early is to be able to walk into a room and read people right. and really get to see who they are, even when you're speaking. Like, I remember she will be having conversation with these uh, chiefs and kings, mm-hmm. and she would tell me to watch someone and see if, and tell me exactly, she's going to say something, tell me exactly what he does. Right. And I would do it. And she will, she will pull me back and I'll tell her exactly what he did. And then she'll go back and then makes decision based on that. And I would never, I didn't understand what it was, but over years, I sort of learned a lot from that. And I learned how to work with business as it relates to negotiation. When you're negotiating, so you have to make sure that everybody wins. If you're always winning and then everybody else is losing, then that person is not more, is less inclined to be able to do business with you. That's right. what I learned from her. I also learned, you know, how to, you know, she was, she wasn't a person that when she had, everybody else had. If she had a lot, she gave to everyone. Remember, she used to have like a whole bag of rice, mm-hmm. yeah, like two bags of rice my father used to bring. People will line up just to get a cup mm-hmm. all across the village, just to get a cup to eat. Anyone who was sick, they called off. So I learned how to give, 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 right? And um, and as I kept getting into the stage in my life where, you know, I want to have my own identity, you know, I want to be my own man, I want to do all of that. 
I was 14, really, 13, 14. Then I moved to the United States. So it's more like, okay, now you have all this experience because as a Nigerian, at 14, you're pretty much a full man, right? Wow. Yeah, you, yeah. you have to be able to, you learn how to do everything. You learn how to cook because you can survive on your own. You learn how to grow plants, grow food, grow anything you want. You know, you learn how to do these things because you're taught that early. But right. then, like, you know, finally, it's almost like you get ripped out and then you're brought to another country. Mm -hmm. So I went to high school, started high school in ninth grade, middle of ninth grade. So imagine, you know, I spoke English, but I spoke Queen's English, not right. American English, which is totally different, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and uh, over those years of uh, going through it, and I remember I used to talk to people and they'll say, you sound funny, or, you, you know, they'll make make little comments because I'm not, I'm an African. So they didn't, mm -hmm. they didn't have any uh, understanding of African culture. Right. What they saw in Tarzan, right? Right, right. So, so, and they will make things like, hey, did you guys used to swing trees and hang around with monkeys and all? Mm -hmm. And I, I used to get very upset. And then I realized that I, they were not educated in what was going on. Right. So when they make those comments, I learned that if I say, oh, yes, or else you used to fight tigers. And I'll say, oh, yes, I used to fight tigers. And mm -hmm. I, I used to have a, a cut right here. I say, yeah, there's a cut right here. I mm -hmm. grabbed the tiger and ripped his head out. And then I was wearing it for my gown and walking around. Logically, I was right. skinny, I was skinny as ever. Right. That was that was humanly impossible. So I used it, and then after a while, everybody laughed and they joked. And I said, you know what? Let me educate you so you will understand. And I said, first of all, tiger is not in Africa, right? So, <laughs> right, so, right. And so I had to kind of explain all those things, and then they started listening. And with that, I used it as a way to educate instead of just being mad and being upset and getting angry, retaliating. Mm -hmm. I started educating people. So I sort of created my personality now where, you know, I don't always judge. I don't judge people. I just try to give them a chance to prove to me who they really are. Right. That's such a that's such a good quality of, of anyone, but especially a, a few fan. And that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to you as a friend when we first met. I didn't, you know, I, I like you, you know, I, when I moved, right, you know, when, in the worst time, I think for anyone who's in elementary school is to move right when you're in eighth grade. So mm -hmm. I remember moving from one city to a next and it was horrible, like tr treated so, so I know the feeling of, of being like that new guy in town and how the experiences really can damage you psychologically, emotionally, if you're not, if you don't, you know, like what you did, you, you spun that around and you educated them and, and made it to the point where you turned it into some humor and then you turned that into something that you can utilize and re and use those skills that your grandmother taught you of how to read the room and how you use those okay. skills and, and use that to your advantage. So I think today that's, that could be so needed in today's classrooms and education systems right so again that's one of the reasons why you know when we first met i was like this is a cool dude and you know i, I knew and we became friends and i can't say that for i don't remember a lot of people back from when i first started at the y but you're oh, yeah. the lone person honestly that i still keep in touch with so there's a there's know, a reason it's, it's funny how that is right it's still the yeah. same here it's, i mean i don't i don't remember anyone else except maybe when brad came in you know that brad, was, yes yeah, brad that was, yes and mm -hmm. that's it really i mean 
Yeah. And now we got now hair. we have gray hairs and everything to show for, right? So for those listening, we're we're uh, we're on audio and the video will be released at some point. We're both pointing at our gray hair. So, <laughs> so uh fan, I want to jump over to you talked about kind of and at least so kind of like what you had just talked about, what you experienced over when you first came over to the United States from Nigeria. And it has to deal with the technology field, but other just you know, you can go anywhere with this that you want. But talk to me about diversity in your field. How diverse is it? <laughs> How does it compare to the private se- private sector? And if there's a large difference in diversity, how do we how do we begin to address that? Like, what okay, what's your thoughts on that? Let's start with you know I, I started doing this 28 years ago or so, right? You know, right. Uh, longer than actually longer than that. So you know, and when I first started with this, there was no one that looked like me everywhere I went, right? So yeah, you know, I'm a soccer player, so I played soccer. I enjoyed it. It was it was it was something that I I loved doing, and I. You know, when I couldn't do it anymore, I was I was kind of a little sad. I still kept on trying because right. you know, that's when injuries started coming in, right? But you know, I am uh, as a technology person, I love tech. I love to disassemble things and just put it back together. I loved just you know, it's almost it's almost like a spiritual awakening when you can figure something out that you hadn't been able to, you know, uh, figure out. But with the field that I would go in. I was always the only, I said the only black person that's there. That was one. But not only was I always the only black person that was there, I was a giant dude walking around with a backpack, right? That's right. So, you know, and when I, I go in, people automatically underestimate your skill set. Right? Mm-hmm. That's one thing. I mean, I, even in high school, even all of that, I had a, 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 um, a teacher who told me that I would never, I would never amount to nothing. And this was a substitute teacher. I'm like, you don't right. really know me, right? And then I learned so much about myself during that time. I mean, I step back a little bit and say, in high school, I learned, I learned so much. You know, uh, I realized, okay, I'm ADHD. You know, nobody really knew what that was, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized that I learned at a at a different pace than most people, right? And I realized that you know, I, I have to read ahead while I'm in class, or I get bored, right? You know, right. I also I also learned that you know, uh, just picking up a book and reading was just boring to me. So I would click the audio, you know, now and just listen to it while I'm multitasking. I realized I was a multitasker in order to make things work. So mm-hmm. all these things, when I figured it out, everything clicked. Technology was easy. Mm-hmm. I could go in, I could figure it out. I, I felt like almost like a spiritual side. I could, I could feel what's going on. But getting into where you walk into an event, first, you're the only Black person there. That's one. Mm-hmm. Everyone is looking at you. And then you you always have to sort of bring your a game your intellectual knowledge and but it forced me to always be uh, i always educate myself even more because i felt like every time i got it i walked into the door i had to prove myself right you know that I, oh yeah i'm good at this oh, i'm good at this oh i'm good at oh i can do this but i but that's not naturally who i am i'm the type mm-hmm. that just like to watch other people and then let other people show me how great they are and right. then i would just eventually they will find out how good I am and what I, what I do. Right. And, and fan, what would you like? So that experience, was that something you experienced in the private or public sector? Um, when you uh, first, uh, first, first was, was, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, I will say public sector. Okay. That's where it started. So public sector. And then it went into the, you know, the, uh, the, the private sector. So the public sector was a little bit more, let's say, for example, the, you know, the, 
the Bank of America's the um, this Cisco's wasn't as bad, right? So right. the Bank of America was more of, you know, whenever I was stepped into a group, I remember my first job I had, I was the only black person in my group. I was also the or the youngest person in my group by eleven years. Wow. So, and just being there, you know, there was a lot of things that I had to navigate. I had to learn that, you know, there are protocols you have to follow. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether you're the best, I thought I was the stuff, you name it. I right. thought I was the best thing since sliced bread. Technically, right. I worked so hard to get there. I had broken every barrier that anyone wanted me that I put in front of me. I wanted to show them that I was the best at what I did. But I met two people during that process that really changed my whole visualization of thing. One was a guy named John Anderson. Mm-hmm. The other guy was Russ Anderson. They're not related at all. <laughs> two separate people. Right. Right. So uh, Ross Anderson was a guy who he was always so chipper and happy. And the way he treated people was amazing. It was magnificent. So I wanted to be more like Ross. Right. When when Ross, we asked Ross, how's it going? You know, when I said what's new and exciting. Right. I got that from Ross. Right. And, I, and what's funny is I work with Ross on other projects today, you know, and I learned so much about me and how to react and deal with things and deal with people. And then John Anderson taught me that you have to really, you know, there are times that you have to follow protocol, even if you don't want, even though you feel like you're the smartest person on the planet, it will mm-hmm. be a project. I will complete the project within like 11 hours. But the project is supposed to take two weeks. Right. Right? So I will get it done, pull it out, get another one, get it done. So I was knocking them out. And John asked me, do you know that a client is paying for two weeks of service for you to do the work. Slow down. <laughs> so, so now you're doing it in 11 hours. Right. What do you think is going to happen when you deliver their project within that amount of time? They will start saying, I'm not going to pay for the two weeks of work. Bell, Bell went off. I was like, whoa, this is great. I learned, but at first I was fighting it because I was so, right. I was a mild juice, as, you know, as most people would say, you know, and I was <laughs> yeah. so excited about it. But I learned that there are protocols you have to follow, whether you like it or not. But those things make you who you are in the, in the, in the private sector. And at one point, there was a guy who used to always take my, my report and trash it. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I thought it was racist. Right, right. Yeah. Because, you know, but he added, you know, he used to have a lot of negative connotation, the way he talked to me and all of that. But and then I, as I dug into him, I realized that's not him. He was actually making me better. He made mm-hmm. me a better writer. You know, and I could I could write anything right now, and, and I hated writing. Writing, you know, I speak four languages. Writing was not my thing, right? So, but he made me all of that. But he took me just sitting and say, "Okay, I know I'm having problem with this guy. Is it really what I'm thinking it is, or just being able to look at it from outside and say, okay, hey, mm-hmm. Bill, now I know you want me. Like I will send him a note, email, mm-hmm. and I don't put a question mark at the end of the uh, or any of the sentences. I put period." Mm-hmm. He said, well, I didn't respond because I didn't see a question mark. Hey, technicality, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is, but he was right, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, having to deal with that and be as quick on your feet with your with your responses, it's a lost art fan. Like it's like, you know, that's something that I think today. And I'm guilty of it too, is that we're all guilty of firing off too quickly of something that you can't, once it's out there, it's hard to take that back. Right. And, and you handling it and stepping back and looking at the situation from many different angles 
really says volumes of like what you've learned and kind of and your exposure to really good role models. And yeah. I think today it's it, you know it's very hard to uh, be sub, you know be subjective to those type of things and be appropriate, if you will. <laughs> and you handle them very well, like obviously. So having said that, fan like from that standpoint, from diversity in the field, how you talked about like you were the only African-American when you walk in the room, like how, how do we, like, what's the percentages in your mind now? Has it gotten better? Like in, in the, in the field. And if it has like, uh, what other steps in your opinion, can we take to keep progressing in the right direction? So now let me step back a little bit, you know, so I can tell you when, you know, as I got into my field, I started learning something, started learning that, you know, there was a lot of, you know, uh, African-American technology uh, uh, employees that were Mm -hmm. very skilled in what they did, right? Mm -hmm. However, people were not hiring them because of, you know, whatever reasons. Right. And there's and. I built a, a sort of like, I wouldn't say a coalition, but a group of people that I got to know and I got to start mentoring in my field, right? Mm-hmm. Started teaching them, not just the technology part, because technology part is easier to learn, but is learning how to navigate through the process, right? Learning how not to be upset when someone is sitting there challenging you and making you, you know, do something that's different than what, what they did for other people. Mm-hmm. But using it as a way to say, okay, I expect you to do this, but now this is what I can do. And if so, if they understand that, and because I did it, but I used it as a way to start building and started pulling people behind me that look like a little bit more forward. Because when I walk into a place, someone says, uh, you know, I walk in there and say, uh, I want, uh, I'm here to see, I say, I'm here to see whoever. And I'll sit down. The person will walk in and say, hey, is Fan here yet? You know, is Fan, is Fan here? I was supposed to have a meeting with him. And then when I meet him, you could tell in their face that it drops, right? Right. And I use that as a way to say, okay, now let me show you what I can do as a, you know, as an African-American guy that's in tech. Now it broke the whole, you know, maybe negative connotation they may have had about mm-hmm. hiring someone who looked like me. Right. So now I see more and that opens up the door for someone else. To come in and say, hey, you know, I just had a great, you know, um, experience with this other guy. I want to bring someone else in. So, right. and now you're seeing more and more. And I always think everywhere I go, I always think in my mind, um, my job is to represent not just me, but also represent the next person who's coming behind me, mm-hmm. so that next, so they can get hired and get hired and get hired and keep going. Now you see more African Americans that are that are in technology, especially in you know, in networking, infrastructure, and cybersecurity. Right. What's let's just stay there for one second. Is mm-hmm. what's the difference in the private versus public sectors aside from the obvious profit versus not-for-profit areas? What would you say to that? Uh, public is is a uh, you know uh, much more. When you say public, I want to make sure I understand. You're talking about public as in public sector entity. Right? Yeah, like for profit, like public for profit versus public like pro- not profit. like uh, like the pri- uh, like the private um or public versus yeah for profit versus not for profit not for profit okay all right so so yeah the not for profit entities you know totally you know um is is a little bit different in that you know they usually you know because not everything they're doing they have to go through a certain legal you know mm-hmm. aspect of what they have to do they have to report you know the type of demographic of people they're hiring the type of um, you know uh, how much they're paying certain people, all of those things. So those are things are usually 
you know, easily readily available. So they have to follow a certain protocol to do those things. So that part of it is not as bad. The only problem they run into is, you know, they could use that option A, we can't find someone that meets this demographic. And that will be a good way to just get out of that. But when you go into the, you know, the, the, pri the private side, looking at all the major corporations, those ones, they, they usually don't have to give you all that information out. They mm -hmm. choose to do it. Like look at a company like Coca-Cola, you know, mm -hmm. they will go and report, hey, we have this many African-American or, you know, Hispanic or this. But then it becomes more of a, sometimes it becomes more of a PR, but at the same time, that PR is helping bring people like me into the organization, right? right. So my recommendation is, you know, uh, there is a group here called, uh, it was a, a Hearst organization. They created a, a group, a, a division that deals with hiring minority vendors, minority businesses to bring mm -hmm. in the organization. So those things are initiative that have started in a lot of different organizations where they're actively focusing on minority certified firms to bring them into the organization to help do the work and work. Not always based on who's giving you the cheapest price, right. who's giving you, you know, giving an equal balance uh, competition threshold. And that's right. where, and oftentimes that don't happen for a lot of the, you know, private companies. But now I'm seeing more and more of that happening. And Fan, those who are listening who are not local, uh, we are in we're out of the Charlotte, North Carolina area. That's where Fan is his business is located. And the company you said Hearst, are they also in Charlotte, in the Charlotte area as well? No, they no, they are actually oh the national, they're like international as well. It's a big organization. And we'll put that yeah in New York, I think they're based out of New York, if I'm correct. Okay. And to the listeners, we'll put that in the show notes, Fan. If you don't mind sending me that information, I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. Uh, so if someone is interested, they can uh, reach out uh, for that. As I pointed out earlier, knowing you and, and, and kind of where your background is, it's, it's so, so amazing to me. And it's such a strong you know, message. What is the one piece of advice you would tell anyone who wants to get into the technology field? Who is that you know, like 16 year old fan, like out there, like, what's that one piece of advice you would give them? And it, it doesn't have to, and it could be an adult, it could be somebody like our age, I'm not going to date our age right now, but <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little bit older than you are, right? But not that <laughs> just much. a little though, yeah. Not that much. <laughs> uh, but what's a piece of advice that you would give them who, you know, they are either facing similar thing that you, you went through or any type of adversity that, but they want to jump into the technology field. What would you tell that person? Well, first is be open-minded, right? Don't rush to judgment and don't rush to conclusion, right? And never let anyone uh, put you into a box of who you're supposed to be. I think that's the most critical thing is if you're always, you know, if you're always being put in one place and you can fit in that box, then you're doing something wrong. You know, don't never let anyone tell. Like for me, I, I, I sing opera, right? I'm six foot four, right? Most of, and I'm built like a linebacker. People think I must be playing football, right? But I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. Mm -hmm. right? So you're just looking at me. You're not going to put me in a box. Never let anyone put you in one particular box. They have to be able to look at you and just give you a clean slate. Okay, now everything that I have and thought of you is not you. So now let's build and see what who you are. That's when growth starts for them as well, but as mm -hmm. well as you. And the other piece is if you're going to get into technology, get into something you love to do. I get up every day and I come to work. I don't, this is not a job. This is fun, right? 
and I've been doing it for so long that I, when I go back home, what I do is deals with technology. I'm watching YouTube video. I'm like, I love physics. I love all these scientific stuff. So, you know, I'm getting into that deep and I can have great conversation with different people about different types of technology. Make sure you love it because when you don't love it, you go home, you're going to be tired. Eventually you will burn out because in, in this field, things, trans, things, things, it's almost like the speed of light, things changes. Uh -huh. And if you're not able to just deal with it and enjoy it, then you're going to burn out. That's two. The other piece is make sure you're the, you know, always strive to be the best in what you do and make sure whatever you do represents you. Like right. I'll, you know, I'll tell my staff, like when I walk in here, I do everything. I will pick up the broom. I'll sweep. I'll do, I'll pick, take out all the trash, clean the toilet, do all of that. I want to make sure if I'm, if I'm doing it, they will see me do it. They will in turn start doing it themselves because it's based on action. Just because right. I'm in a business doesn't mean that I'm supposed to just sit on my high horse and have to sit in the office and just do whatever. I don't. I'm hands down doing mm -hmm. exactly what it is that it takes to run the business. But at the same time, make sure that they're seeing my action because action speaks louder than words. Right. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's the main thing. Yeah. And that's that's great advice. And it's it's so true. And that's exactly how I think we all should if we're in the leadership position is to take that step and to, and to show our, our teams, our staff, or, you know, if you're even just your, your, your spouse or your sibling is to take yep. that role of, of um, I'm going to do it just to, I'm going to ask you to do something that I would do also and not That's be, true. and, and if people see that, then typically, you know, you're leading from the front, you're, 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 you're leading example and you're going to, inspire others to want to do that and to not let you down. I mean, that's the biggest, that's the biggest, you know, compliment somebody can give you if they're following your, following your lead and, and, and your leadership. Right. So sure. I agree with you 100%. What are some of the trends in technology and how do they relate to the regular, regular everyday user? Like say myself or say a small or large business, something like, for example, like robotics or, you know, AI. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say AI, artificial intelligence is probably an automation. The two biggest things, I can talk about this all day because I you know this is the key part of my <laughs> yeah, That's right. Uh, right? So the, the AI and automation is the biggest thing that, you know, is happening today. So, you know, um, as a business owner, you must put yourself into how you, got, you have to be able to utilize AI to be able to understand your customers, you know, feedback from your customers. Also AI for us, an IT company, AI will create trends of what happens to computers on a daily basis. If we, if I want to know today, like oh, on Tuesday at one o'clock, mm -hmm. can you show me, you know, something that's similar that happens within every computer that we manage? I can click a button. It gives me that. Now, if I wanted to go look that up <clears throat> manually, right. it would take me hours, maybe days just to look that up, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and now if I want to project the growth or, you know, easily, you know, this, you can look at your balance sheet and say, okay, this month we are usually very slow, right? Right. I can pull all your data information into it and say, okay, now I need to apply more marketing or do whatever to be able to bring up this within the stage. Or, hey, this is the time for us. What we do is this is the time when we do uh, upgrades, you know, migrations, all of that, because this is a slow period slow month, I can predictably pull that information using AI. Now, automation is probably the one that's going to revolutionize the way we do things. We have run into issues with, you know, uh, staff, workforce, right? 
right so workforce is going to change now because all the areas where people usually you know have to have physical someone do work for example you go you go buy uh, let's say you want to buy a cheeseburger from mcdonald's right automation is actually able to process all of that and get it out to you without mm -hmm. you having to do anything but just push one button so I always tell, I tell my son, I say, you don't want to be the person that your job get replaced by automation. You want to be the person that creates it all that can fix it. Right. So as what I tell to parents, tell your kids to get into something that's, that creates something that becomes a, hey, if it's a car, they want to be able to fix that car. They just don't mm -hmm. want to be that person that just drives, you know, or right. drive people to point A to point because that's right. getting replaced. Tesla is doing it. Right. right. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, and we see and we see that it's. I mean, you're seeing it on TV. Uh, I saw something the other day when I was watching the uh, the news, and it was, I think I think it was in right here in North Carolina, but it was a restaurant, and mm -hmm. they had a robot that came out, took the order, yeah, went back, brought it back, mm -hmm. and in the and they they interviewed the owner, and it was part of a test pilot, but. He said that this he he thinks you know as a small business owner, this is the way it's headed uh, and they will have these, you know, these systems and these, these robotics and AI all, all integrated at some point. Right. And yeah. it's going to be to your, and you're exactly spot on. You, you need to be as a, as a person who, from an employment standpoint, you need to be proactive and get the skills needed to, you know, to be that person that someone's going to call versus the calling person. Right. That's picking That's up true. the phone. And, <laughs> and I've learned that I've learned that the whole hard way in, in my business too, is, you have to be able to, you know, step in and fix things. And, and from, from my industry and as simple as like, how does this uh, treadmill work? What does this, how does this function? And like, can I, can I do it? And, you know, if, if need be, so yep. I, we're definitely, I feel like we're seeing more and more of that and, and hopefully uh, it won't replace us entirely, <laughs> but, you know, like, uh, but I think it's important you're spot on is to, to be proactive and get that skill set, be part of the solution to that. So. So, Fan, with your business, what's your vision, short-term versus long-term for your current company? Anything you're working on or anything specific that you want to, like, accomplish now versus you see, like, you talked about a five-year window earlier. All right. So, you know, I um, I've built a business that does provide IT support and IT, you know, uh, uh, management for businesses, outsource IT. Right now, my next phase of this is being able to start, because I'm all about educating, educating people to be better, to teach mm -hmm. them how to build something so that they say, teach a man to fish and then eat for a lifetime. I've always believed that principle. So right. my next phase is actually creating, creating a whole separate training structure that we're working on right now that will uh, create like a warehouse, divide half cubicles set aside, have people come in, and they will learn how to, from beginning, build a computer, mm -hmm. learn all the hardware it takes to build it, build a network, learn all the things that it next to do it, actually configure it, mm -hmm. and also get to the stage where they can build firewall, security, cloud, uh, okay. all in one class session. And then as soon as they're done, everyone will be able to interconnect you know, their own system and build a whole internet, internet-based network but they will have the knowledge to go from beginning because oftentimes what we see in technology is people don't have the knowledge on all all circle, all seven layers of the OSI model. They don't have the knowledge to do that. They know right. how to do one pieces of that, right? But when you have that knowledge, 
now you can start your own business. So we're also going to help them, you know, create an LLC or a corporation and teach them. We're working on bringing people together that will teach them how to actually run a business through the process. And then we're looking into doing partnership with different organizations, let's say, Let's so say if we say Coca-Cola or the Bank of America or the big names to so say, okay, now we have trained these people. You know, you can either hire them mm-hmm. and, and help and also help us fund to train them for your type of organization so they can they can go and work for you, or we can help them start their own business and teach them how to be able to go out and get jobs to build a company like mine. That's fantastic. So really kind of, if I'm understanding you correctly, you want to work on some sort of educational component for your company and train those individual and then outsource them if you will, right? That's that's about right. That's about it. That's kind of what I heard something on a podcast uh, last week and talk about uh, leveraging our opportunities. And, and that is uh, from a company perspective, a good way to leverage your company into making a difference outside of your normal companies that you would approach for business. And I think that's fantastic. So if someone's hiring, can they pick up the phone and call you? Actually, they can. That's the thing. The whole idea is, you know, they can pick up a phone and say, we're looking for this type of person. And and the way I want to structure it is if we can say, okay, this person is skilled in this area. This person is great. They are looking to improve or get better or learn. Now they can actually go into a business and build a a whole, either a business for themselves or they'll build a whole career just doing this. But we want to make it fun. Oftentimes, technology is just, oh, you got to read, read, read. Some people are not great at just reading. Some people are great hands-on. Yeah. You know, and hands-on, sometimes even much more interactive and and much more uh, intellectually gifted and not just book people. It's so true, too. uh, Technology is advancing so fast, and there's so many different levels to it that it can be intimidating for even somebody who, you know, let alone somebody who does it for a living, who's in the profession to somebody in a small business who, you know, we, in our business, we have a lot of part-time people and they're retirees and the technology, are not quite up with the technology. So we have to, <laughs> we have to baby step them into it exactly, you know, exactly. and uh, not scare them away. So we might be calling for you. We need your assistance at some point with that. Okay, um, we're here. So, so uh, fam, we talked earlier about you know, diversity, if we can jump back over to the, the business um, technology side of, you know, being how diverse is in the private versus public market. What would you say as a small business owner, what would you say are some challenges of hiring anyone in today's climate? Being, you know, being a small business owner yourself, how, have you seen the work, workforce change for you from your side? Yeah, it, it, we have. I mean, obviously, is a, I remember like 2008 and you know when we went through the whole bubble issue mm-hmm. you know it was a totally different thing it wasn't as as bad as it is now now what we're running into is finding staff right staffing is the bigger thing to that you get so mm-hmm. you to where you where you will hire someone you go through the interview process you get all their background checks you're paying them very well right because you're paying them 35 percent more than you were paying them two years ago right right and then they'll come in or not come in but they'll about to come in and they'll pick up a phone and call you oh by the way uh, i was offered a job to work from home mm-hmm. so now you've lost that person and then you go through and you do it again and, you know, and then after a while, you're like, okay, this is getting a little, a little bit difficult. Then you start figuring out the whole outsourcing part of the business. That's where, and a company like us, you know, it benefits us a lot because, and when those people can outsource their IT, 
they, you know, they can't, I mean, they can't have in, insource their IT. Guess what they have to do? They have to outsource this to us. Right. So, and then we will have to come in and manage the whole infrastructure. And that's, that's where the change is happening a lot. People can't find staff. All the staff they currently have is being pulled by someone else who's paying them twice the amount of what they're getting. That's probably one of the biggest things. I mean, you see it a lot on restaurants. You go, right. the wait, is so long. Yeah. Because those same people that are working at the restaurant are being pulled to work at the office because they can train them to do that same type of job. So, mm-hmm. so how does a small, like in your opinion, you know, being your small business owner and mm-hmm. you know you have a lot of dealings with the community, how does a small business owner maneuver around that, like and and compete with the larger companies? Is there an answer? I mean, or <laughs> something. Yeah. It, there is, there is. To, to be frank with you, you have to build a community of the people that work, work for you. You have to build a strong uh, community that has value built in. So, you know, I'll give you an example, you know, uh, for my team, Fridays, we'll get together, we'll just have, you know, have dinner or, or, or just have lunch. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have every social event that's happening. You know, we'll get together and do that together. If their kids is having a party, you know, we want to know about it so we can be right. involved, right? We right. build a family-based structure. It, it, right. you know, it, that went away for a while. I think after mm-hmm. September 11, that kind of went away. Right? Mm-hmm. But for a small business, a small operation, you have to do that. You have to build a family close knit. You have to get to know your employees, whether you like them or not. You really need to get to know them yeah. personally. So that way, if someone approaches them in a way, can you do this? Sometimes they would choose that connection, you know, rather than the money. Because money, right. money is great for some people. But for me, money has never made me do anything. I've always believed that, you know, if I'm comfortable in where I am, I will be there. Because, you know, I have that loyalty and that will create loyalty, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, no, I know. I 1000% agree with you. And I've been in a technology. That was my prior life to this. I was making very good money, but miserable. Like, and I think, I think that's very important that, you know, you said it earlier, so, you know, love what you do and you get up every morning, right? And you love those things and, and you'll never be miserable. So I think, yeah, great advice. And I think it's something that everybody should just take kind of an inventory on that and think about that. It's very important. So, Fan, I'm going to ask you about, because you talked about cybersecurity. It's one of the biggest, if not biggest concerns surrounding technology is cybersecurity, right? Yep. Um, Tell the listeners, even like those who know nothing about technology and even speaking to those who who do, what is cybersecurity exactly? How How big of a concern is it? And how does the average person versus, say, a small business owners like us to corporate America protect themselves from an attack, and All right. it's All a right, bit, so, it's a lot of, a lot of questions within that one question. But. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it is, and I hear I hear these questions all the time. So, first thing I say, okay, cybersecurity is one of the fastest growing part of technology these days. The reason why that's happening is because you know everyone have everything online. Everyone have all their information. Your digital footprint is online. You know, you look at like this. Like, give an example. You know, we are people in general are now a commodity for organizations, right? We're not, you know, uh, people, they can package any information and sell it to anyone, your social security, your street address, your, you know, you name it. They can take that and sell it to anyone. They will use it to market to you. So we become a commodity. So how do you protect yourself from doing that? You can't, but you can prevent people from having access to certain things, right? So it starts with, 
you know, what is the first thing you should do, you know, if you're a normal user who's using your computers or doing something online or doing whatever to keep you from getting hacked, have something called two-factor authentication, right? Whenever you sign somewhere, you sign into your bank, you want to get a text, a notification so you can put in a code. That's very, very important. If you don't have that on anything, you should go through and try to make sure you have it on everything. That's one. Two is you also got to make sure for business, if you're running a business, you have to have something called a managed service system. That's what we provide, managed services. What it does is it updates every part of your computer, your router, your firewall. It updates all the latest update and patches because everything has holes in it. So the way people get into your system is by exploiting those holes. And But when you have a managed service approach, everything is proactively managed. So if a patch, if there's a, what we call it, a hole that's been determined on a Windows system, you know, within a day, you can, you know, we will patch it and it's ready to go. So the more people do that, the Windows update, the firmware update, all of that, it manages it. At the same time, you also, for other organizations, even if you're small, there is, software that we can put on, on everyone's system that will actually monitor every little data that comes into your system. It scans it and identifies that this is good, this is bad. Oh, there is, listen, you get that email, they'll tell you there is a, you know, there is a link or there's a code inside here that's detrimental, mm -hmm. right? It flags it, it shuts it down, it puts it into a, a little box and then we can review it, check right. it and then release it. If it's good, if it's bad, close it up, shrivel it up and put it in the trash. Mm -hmm. right? and then block that link and then everything done but it, the same thing with ai this is where ai works very very well because ai builds a trend and it automatically detects how things at work and mm -hmm. it can determine automatically okay this is a spam this is a virus this is this mm -hmm. and it keeps it from getting into your computer before you click because the problem mm -hmm. is people want to say oh i can tell those things you can't because i've been fooled i've been doing this and i'm a forensic network engineer so right. I'm fooled so you can't, you want a system in place to keep you from being able to click or, or even if you click, because human behavior is always going to be human behavior. It doesn't change. Right. So you have to build things to support human behavior. Right. So that's why cybersecurity is a big deal now. And yeah. the war have added, have increased it to where now there's 35% more things happening now than it used to be since the last six months or so. It's such a fascinating area to stay in tune with. and protect your personal and your business and even corporate America protecting, you know, their assets, because ultimately, you know, a lot of our assets are tied to, to the outside world and we're relying on their security systems in place to protect us. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know I have, uh, I did exactly what you said to do as far as your advice with all my like cards and things like that. And I was literally in a target one day over in, in Charlotte and uh, mm -hmm. got an alert and it said, Hey, are you? Did you authorize this purchase of twenty five hundred dollars uh, to a to a Target? Ironically enough, in in uh, Minneapolis, I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, no, I'm standing in Target in Charlotte, North Carolina, but I am yeah. not in Minneapolis. So uh, had I not had that in place, you know, that individual would have walked away with twenty five hundred dollars of you know of goods that I paid for. <laughs> so and you, and you know, you know what's even better? That was done by AI. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, there was no human involvement. Just AI, you know, automatically noticed that this is a this is not a habit that you have, right? And it triggered it. Yeah, and uh, 
I think from from a protection standpoint, that's fantastic. But also, I think we can use AI, like you said earlier, to your point, is, is growing our businesses and yes. and and really take advantage of those opportunities. So, so fan, just a couple more questions before we wrap this up. A lot of companies have that I do a lot of reading on just data in, in my industry. Um, they're so focused on on data, data, data. Whether it be in business or life, as individuals, business owners, you know, who are making those decisions today, what are some of the ways? you know, data is collected and how can we use it to our advantage, whether it be the average day person or, you know, somebody like us operating a business. Wow. Okay. So that one is huge because, you know, data is collected almost everywhere you go, right? You know, as soon as you leave here, mm-hmm. your phone connects to everything and gives you all metadata and all that information is collected. You can turn off your Wi-Fi and your data is still, you know, being collected. You know, you can turn off your your, um, that's in my smartphone right now. If I turn off the data and do all of that on the Wi-Fi, data is still being collected and stored into the data, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as I turn on that information, it automatically gets uploaded, right? So mm-hmm. now, now, how do you do it? We, we have a partnership with a diff- another organization that we work with that will, they could, for example, um, a business like yours, if someone comes in, it can track the Wi-Fi connectivity of people as they connect into your organization and tell you who's there, you know, how long they were in your location. You right. Know, while you're there, you can actually actively send them marketing information directly to their phone. That's not wow. to your Wi-Fi. Wow. And it's, it's not scary, but 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 it is, is you know, is the way it is. Let's say, for example, you walk, there is a, a shopping area, let's say Stonecrest, a shopping area. As right. soon as you walk in there, it would detect the cell signal and know, okay, this person right here, I already have all the metadata information. This person searched on Google how to, you know, I'm trying to buy a new car. Mm-hmm. And that ad will show up automatically on the system that tells them, hey, about a mile away, there is a Toyota shop where you can, you know, we're having a deal, $2,500 off. So all these things are data you can collect using metadata. Now, where it gets a little bit more, you know, uh, t- uh, technical is for you running a, let's say running a, you know, um, a workout, uh, a gym. You want If you want to know how long someone was in your shop, in your location, right? How long were they there? You can actually tell that. So oh, this person has was here two hours, right. and it, and then he comes here every day, exactly at the same time, right? right? And you know, and he spends two hours every day. Now I like this customer. How do I go to this person? Most obviously, I like this. How do I go to them and say, hey, we have this. We can take it take off a month from your membership. If you can bring somebody else, we can take off two months from your you paying your membership. If you bring in two, three, or four people, you can take that list and say, let me give him, throw him a little crumbs. He's mm-hmm. apparently he's happy being there. Right. He will go and bring somebody else. These are the type of marketing that you can use to help grow your organization and just build it organically without you having to, you know, spend extra. Right. Right. You utilize the resources in front of you. Yeah. Right, and and let them do let them do some work and and. And reward them for it. I mean, it yeah, costs. Yeah, reward it, them. Yeah, it costs. Uh, it really, at the end of the day, it costs nothing to to utilize those those immediate resources. Uh, and, direct, than, and it's it's targeted marketing, right? So not just broadcast where you just yeah. out and everybody you want everyone to reach out to you. That's always yeah, exactly. Thing. Yeah, that's fascinating. I wasn't fascinated by these numbers and and data that we look over in the industry that. You wonder like how accurate is it, but it, it's pretty it's pretty spot on accurate in my opinion. From you know from the just seeing the trends and just our industry. So 
you've been a great uh, guest today and, and thanks for, you know, answering all these questions. I'm sure we're, you might get lots of follow-up calls or emails from people <laughs> as they listen to this and like, oh no, I don't, I don't have any cybersecurity in place or oh, yeah. oh. I need help building a network or, or whatever the task may be. You might be getting some uh, lecture calls from uh, after someone listens to this. Speaking of that, so where can people find you in your company? Like, where are you on Instagram, Facebook, yes, your direct, we your direct we, links? We definitely are on Instagram. I have a, I usually have a little snippet where you can find us. Our website is protechllc.com. And uh, I will also share some of that information with you. And Twitter handle is at NBS Technology because, you know, our main, main company is NBS Technology. So you can find us there. We do have a LinkedIn page. If you type in Protech Systems, you should be able to find our LinkedIn LinkedIn page. But I do have a link for all of that. People, we get a lot of reviews or different reviews, you know, organic reviews, and so far we've been five star for the last 21 years in business. So one of the things about us is we are very responsive, and that's what you hear a lot. And not only that, but the knowledge base that we bring to the table, you know, uh, is always great. So uh, we are also on Facebook at, let's see if I can give you the actual information on Facebook. All these things is part of that email that I, you know, the, the bio that I sent you, you should have yes. some of that information. So you type in MBS technology as well on Facebook. You should be able to find us there. Okay, and we'll put all that into, for those that were writing feverishly to try and write down everything Fan is saying right now, we'll put all that in the show notes. So don't worry about it. if you missed anything, we'll put it in there and you can uh, reach out to Fan if you'd like. Fan, I got three rapid fire questions. You ready? Go ahead, go for it. All right. So you you've given us a lot of information. Your your interesting background, interesting guy, outgoing guy. Um, <laughs> would you ever consider you know sharing that in a book, like writing a book, putting some uh, putting some uh, knowledge to you know pen to paper? <laughs> what, what do you think I, about that? You know, I have I have a lot. I've heard a lot of that, and you know, I always say there's always a good time to do it, right? You know, and um, right now my number one goal is trying to raise my kids and really spend more time with them, right? Spend as much time as possible with them. So I know I will, I'm sure I will, but I just got to wait for that right time. Yeah. Timing, timing is key. I agree. It, we're, we are kids of this pretty much the same age and yep, we do. we're going to blank and they're going to be, our daughters are going to be in college. Like they're going to be in college. So it's not far away, you know, for us. So, so I'm sure everyone will be looking forward to that. And if you did and when you do it, Mm-hmm. What would you, what do you think you would call it? Like, do you have any titles like floating around? You know, I've never really thought that far as far as title, but you know, my, my biggest thing is also education, educating people. So I love passing knowledge. I have a lot of crap in my brain. So I always say that, you know, I have a lot of crap in there. I just like, I'm doing a lot of mental, as you already know. So I've mentored mm-hmm. a lot of people over the years and I don't know what I'll call it, but I know it will have to do with something that someone can read and take away. And like they could literally start from beginning and gain a lot of knowledge just by reading it. Just based right. on the experiences I've had. Yeah. Well, it, I, I can't wait to see what it, what it is and what it's called. Well, I'll be your first customer. So uh, <laughs> thank you. two last questions, my yeah. friend. And the first one is I like to I bring people on this podcast to hopefully inspire others and no doubt you will um successful entrepreneurs and and business owners but one thing i like to ask those individuals is what's something like a fun fact like that uh you're either your friends don't know i, mean, I know i feel like i know a lot about you but like your yeah. friends or maybe the people listening or your co-workers they don't know what about family. like is there something you feel comfortable in sharing <laughs> like a little fun fact I'm trying to think. I'm pretty transparent, like very open, you know, 
I'm trying to figure out, let's see. Okay, so I told you I sing opera, right? Most A lot of people <laughs> didn't know that, right? A lot of people. I watch, your, I watch, your, I watch your TikToks or your Instagrams. Yeah, my Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it took me a while to get comfortable to do that because, you know, you don't see too many Black people singing opera, but apparently, <laughs> you know, I do that. So I, um, I, I did some modeling back in the day. So uh, I do, I was an, I did a lot, I was an, I did a lot of acting. I did so, not. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, I did a lot of acting. So <laughs> I, I was. Uh, I played. I mean, I played a lot of different things. I mean, uh, I played uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. My daughter. It's funny. My daughter is reading To Kill a Mockingbird, right? And she pulled up the book she was reading, and I saw. I said, "Hey, you know, I played Tom Robinson on this on this show. You know, she's like really." And she got all excited. So I was telling her all about the show. So yeah, right. That, that was that. That was pretty cool. So you got acting in your background, and I bet you didn't know that about me. I did. I did that same thing with going college. So there's a little I fun see, fact about. Learn you what years years. You learned that. You're like you're like introvert, quiet old David was a yeah. singing and singing and That's dancing crazy. in college. Are you are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. You know what? Yeah. I, I used to be extremely shy. That's what got me out of my shyness. People don't. Yeah, know. I, I agree. I agree. A friend of mine lured me onto the stage, and I, I guess uh, you know, if I, at one point, I, I kid you not. And I don't, think, I don't know if anyone still knows this, but, but at one point I considered when I graduated college and, you know, like jumping a plane and flying out to California and trying to act in route. I'm like, no. And I think somebody shook me real good. They're like, you're not good enough. That happened to me. I went to the, all the acting schools, all of that, and then realized that, hey, yeah, you're not going to make money doing this. So let's just focus on what you're good at. Hey, keep, keep your day jobs. Yeah. <laughs> right. The last question, you're on a podcast called Why Not Me? What does that mean to you? And what advice would you give anyone uh, who is asking that question to the, of themselves now or, or has asked that, self, that question of themselves in the past? Uh, one thing is, if it's easy, you know, then success wouldn't, everyone will attain success. So, you know, one, there's a big, a, a, a big quote that I like is, or oh, something that I hear a lot, you know, when I ask for you know, wisdom, God gave me, you know, situations, you know, so that I can, exp so that I, so I, I can explore and become more, and become wiser. You know, when you ask for a difficult, when you ask for things to be easy, God gives you something difficult. So you, so you learn how to manage things when they're easy. So if things are, if people are saying things, not believing in you and not trusting you, the number one thing you have to remember is you are the only person you can control what, happens i talk how I, I have this conversation with my son and my daughter i says the uh asking this question what is your best friend and your worst enemy mm -hmm. that me like what do you mean and i says your mind your mind can tell you you're great your mind can tell you you're wonderful and your mind can tell you you're the worst human being ever and right. you're a piece of crap right? right but if you can control what your mind tells you then you will be great so what you, when you when you when your book is a is a testament of what that is, right? You have to learn how to realize I have the ability to do great things, and if you always believe that that cup is half full, it will always fill up, right? And uh, stop living in the negativity. Negativity negates everything that you have in life, and just controlling your mind allows you to control everything else in life. Great advice. Great advice. And. There's a lot of uh, a lot of people out there who you know. Are, there's a lot of self doubt, in, in mm -hmm. especially in today's environment, and our like the kids that things that our kids are experiencing, and just you know adults as well. So the pandemic brought on a lot of emotions and thoughts and actions, yep. right? Yep. 
And what I like to call the why not me mentality is like you have you have those capabilities. Um, no, not all of us can be professional football players or basketball players or, or, or athletes, but you're your own individual. You make your own career path, your own career choices and what you put into it. It's an old cliche. We always heard and we heard it when we were growing up, what you put into something is what you get out of it. Get out of it. So have that mentality as you are deserving of whatever you put your mind to. And if you fail, that's okay. Failure, okay. failure is what shapes us who we are today. Right. So yes. let's not, let's not forget that. So a uh, fan, um, it's you've been a fantastic guest, and I really appreciate it. And we got, I, and I'm to say this to our audience: we we got to get together, like <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, gotta get that, get those families together, and or, or just have a guys' night and, and hang out. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate you being on and, and your friendship, and, and look forward to uh, getting together soon. But uh, hopefully, everyone, I know I have loved this uh, interview and this podcast, and and we'll put all those fans' links in the show notes so you can reach out to him. But, fan, thank you very much. I appreciate you, buddy. Hey, thank you, Dave. I just want to say, man, you're a wonderful guy. I mean, I know everyone who knows you, the positivity you bring to their lives, the, you know, how you are is is infectious. So if you have, if you don't have access to that book, I tell everyone, go grab it. Not only are you going to be you know, amazed of the person he is, but you will definitely gain a lot out of it. So appreciate you, man. Appreciate your friendship. You know, appreciate tell the kids I said hello. I will do that. Thanks, buddy. Same here. All right, man. All right. Take care. Bye. All right, bye-bye. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Van shared a lot of helpful tips and strategies from his expertise in the technology field. And I know we can all benefit from his wisdom. Take note on what we're doing to protect and educate ourselves, our personal information and business information from being stolen. Van also shared his personal story, one of which should inspire, motivate, and help you appreciate the work it took for him to come to a country, learn a new language and a lifestyle, and ultimately use what he was taught by his family and achieve his dream of owning his own company and helping others each and every day. Thank you for joining us. If you have enjoyed the show and are loving the podcast so far, please give us a five-star rating, a like, and share with a friend. As always, I appreciate you listening. And until next time, always believe, why not me? Why not now? Have a great day.